welcome. We're on chapter two of Rambling Lesbians, aptly named Three Knuckles Deep. Oh my God. And we are in rare form. Uh, that means that um, we're both a fucking shit show. And, Life um, has been a bitch yeah. recently, hasn't it, Krista? It really has. Why um, don't you share your bitchy of a life? Okay, well, now. let's just start with my wife. And we're not going to pretend that she is okay in any way. Because she hasn't been for a very long time. I am a full-time caretaker. I moved her to France to extend her life. And over Christmas, she got uh, the gastro. So she got diarrhea and um it just didn't stop so she is currently in the hospital and they're trying to get that figured out because she weighed she lost too much weight she she's weighed, tiny cat is tiny yeah so she's now currently about 82 pounds so and typically we just stay at home and i enable her vices of drinking alcohol and smoking cigarettes and doing whatever she pleases um so we'd like to get back to that for me just before Christmas, I didn't start feeling particularly well, uh, having chest pains, which is obviously not always a good thing. I didn't, I didn't think it was anything, just thought I pulled a muscle or something until sort of last week when um, I genuinely thought I was probably dying from a heart attack. Yeah. And Saturday rolled around, so this is last Saturday, and I had a blood test. And all of a sudden, the, the lab called, got a little bit upset about life. <laughs> um, something was wrong with my, my blood test and an ambulance was called and I was taken into hospital <laughs> with a suspected pulmonary embolism. Thank God that's not what I've got. No. Nope. Um, so that's cool. But what I have got is water on my lungs and they're not quite sure why. why? So I'm at home taking pain meds, feeling a bit crappy. And that's just how it is. It is. But the fun story is that on Saturday, I dropped Catherine off at the main hospital for our area, the Fondi. Yeah. And um, the intake nurse was really bitchy about the whole thing because we skipped the regional hospital. And um, but they took her in. And a few hours later, Allison ended up at the same hospital. And then seven hours later, they ran into each other in the in the hallway because they kept Catherine in the hallway for three days. Yeah, it was a little shit show, but it was quite cool that all of a sudden, Ange, my wife, was with me. She went to go and try and find somebody, turned around, and there was Cat in bed. <laughs> was like, oh my God. So we ended up being bed buddies um, in the hospital. So that was really cool. Cat tried her best to get me to naughtily take her out for a cigarette. We got yeah. halfway down the corridor, and then she realized that she couldn't quite make it. So I had to take her back. But Funnily enough, not one nurse or doctor actually stopped. Yes, I, I was just taking just a random patient, just a random away. patient away. But they didn't care, and that's okay. Yeah, <laughs> whatever. Yeah, but she's really mad at me right now because I won't bring alcohol into the hospital. Because from my point of view, I think that I should not get banned from the hospital for you know things like that. But then again, it is France. And they may not care. The, who knows? Right? Yeah, they didn't seem to really care about much when, when no. I was there. I think that champagne is actually okay when you have a baby. They, like, do that. But do you want to risk it? That's the, that's the question, isn't it? Well, I just would like her to get better. <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> but they're putting, they're putting fluids in her now, aren't they? Oh, yeah. They've got her on okay. all sorts of okay. everything. So, yeah, she's good to go. She's got her fluffy so slippers. these are all the reasons that Crystal and I have not been able to do any recording before now because originally we wanted to do a bit of a an add-on um, for you for the end of January. But yeah. we just, it has just been a shit show. Yeah. Well, and then on top of that, we both have work. Yeah, that's right. I am behind on work. Um, Allison's in a panic just because that's, that's part of the her life of, the, of an author. <laughs> yeah. Um, and she's she's learning the true level of authorship is when life really goes sideways, can you still write? And that's, that's a test that she doesn't want to face. But the good thing is, is that because of how my brain works, I'm, I'm currently well ahead with yes, my yes. So like right now I do not have to panic. Right. Um, I can write one chapter a day if I want to, no pressure. I can write one chapter a week right now, yeah. no pressure. I'm currently writing next year's Christmas story. You got to do what you got to do. I'm I mean, on... it's still Christmas. It makes sense. Well, it's better January, than trying to do it, it? In, in like August. Yeah. So, and I'm also writing another one alongside it. So I go wherever my brain takes me at the moment. If that that's works. Christmas, that's fine. If it's not, yeah, it's not. I love that. Yeah. And then my son, who has a touch of the tism, um, which is code for he was born with a full cup of autism. Asperger's was the, the term um, that they've taken away from us. Now we don't know how to explain it. Um, that does not stop him from living his life. But what he did do was pack up his whole life 
moved from Idaho to uh, be my neighbor on the coast of, of France. And um, with never being out of the, the, the country, never being here, not understanding the curve of full culture shock you're going to have, even if you've like lived in the area or visited the area. So um, there's been quite a few moments of him saying, I'm going home now. And I'm like, okay, but he is adjusting. He bought a car. He can get around. Um, he's as angry at French traffic signs as the rest of us. Um, he found out that the local um, municipal police do not care how badly people drive. They truly don't because they drive even worse. So they truly don't give a shit. Yeah, you're only in trouble if it's a gendarme. And you're only in a speeding ticket if the speeding box catches you. Absolutely. And the speeding boxes are the size of small buildings. So you can't miss them. You can't fucking miss them. And they are um, also listed on the local map app. Ways. That's it. And to be fair, the one good thing that French do is they do give you fair warning. If you see a sign saying there is a feeding thing, there is one. There is. Where in England, they just lie. They say there is one. But it's there not. is not. But in French, there is. Well, it's there with... Is it been vandalized and oh yeah, attacked? They like, to, they like to spray paint them. <laughs> yeah, and yeah, loads of them. Yeah, in the east where Catherine's from, they're all broken. They're all broken. They, it's, it's the French Revolution. They, yeah, they just they take love it, out. it. Yeah, if if it pisses a French person off, they'll they'll fucking just have it. Yeah, which you know I love. That's part of my joy. I mean, like the people here are really nice, but if they get a bug up their ass, just move. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just get away from them because you don't want the blowback. Um, and if they schedule any type of um, strike, they notify you. Yeah. They tell you where it is and when and how to get around it. They so, do end up striking. And for when they take the detractors out and crawl like the snails, then that is also on the local traffic app. So they, they're, they're courteous enough to let you know that they're going to fuck up your day. That's nice. <laughs> well, in so many ways. but um, And then in another way, if you're in the grocery store and they stop in front of you. <gasps> we had this conversation. You got me so vexed after we had this oh, conversation. Oh, okay. Crystal. Yeah. It's a, it's a thing. They just stop because... Nobody gives a shit what happens behind you in life or in a car. I really, um, I'm talking, you go, you, you're doing your shopping and there, there is a group of people that obviously know each other, quite friendly. They probably see each other every fucking weekend, but no matter what, they will stop in the middle of an aisle, chat, generally see people around them trying to get yeah. to their cheese or something and not give a flying fuck. Yeah. They just carry on with their conversation. Yeah. You just got to bust through them. You do. You have to. There's yeah. no. There's no. Yeah. You don't work around. Yeah. And but, they my, don't my, but my British politeness is. Excuse me. Yeah. Excuse me. Don't care. They don't care. So you just yep. end up having to move their trolley for them. Yeah. Pet peeve. So. Pet peeve. Truly. Yep. So that has been our lives. This is this has been our lives recently. But it's quite nice to be able to share that with you, though, Crystal. We're, we're, well, yeah, we get to chat so about it, and we. Yeah, and we posted. I posted our really fun. Um, obnoxious texts back which, and forth in the which group. actually ties in really well with our subject today obviously we've called it three knuckles deep because this is a sex chapter okay? it is and if you read the or if you saw the um the screenshots from crystal you'll see that we ended up talking about um door lending dildos and possibly taking them to happy cash and getting money for it which but, is a pawn shop yes yeah, a pawn shop but crystal wouldn't take it i just wanted me to take it <laughs> i'm busy so nobody took the double ended dildo no and um to be fair it's very dusty it's just been sitting around for years um i just want to make that point <laughs> it's very it's sanitized okay so we're going to be talking about sex in sapphic books writing and reading yes and i'm gonna start with my top three pet peeves on sex scenes Number one is when two women are up against probably a counter and one's in back. They do the reach around and it makes it seem as though their arms must be very long. Yes. For, the, for them to reach around a full human body. Yep. Get inside, then curl to get to the G spot. Yep. Either they have giraffe arms, if giraffe had arms. Yeah. Or they're very, very skinny. Um, yeah, I'm talking like super skinny. Yeah, because it makes it sound like they can they can hit all the way to the back. Oh, they must have giant enormous fingers too. Yes, yes. And then the way they position their fingers, I I just I can't do any of that. No normal person could, I don't think. 
Um, I know. I'm. I'm sure that there, there are people that could. Okay. That I mean, it's come from somewhere. Well, yes, but it's when you're writing. So for me, when I when I'm sat there writing a sex scene, you obviously it comes from your imagination. It comes from yeah. from what you would like to be able to do. I think. <laughs> right. <laughs> so it's more what you'd like to be able to be possible than maybe what is. Because I've sat there on a number of occasions. So when I write a sex scene, it is not sex scene anyway whatsoever yeah. it is quite a mechanical is this right does that would yeah. that be okay is that possible you know that's how it goes so there's a i agree with you on that about the reach around and reaching in and up and yeah good god and i've sat there thinking is that actually possible but it would only have to be if the woman was super tiny the woman who you're reaching around would have to be well and to be fair my wife is super tiny she is and i still cannot make that happen without like being on my knees you know what i mean yeah yeah no you have to get i can't lick her ear <laughs> and do all those things at the same time no and then um pet peeve number two is being able to eat someone out from behind without having your nose completely in somebody's butthole and they make it sound like they're actually going from the front. Yes. But they're actually from behind. So I don't know how they've come up with any of that. And nobody mentions that, you know, your nose is actually in someone's butthole. Because that's exactly what happens. Yes. Isn't it? Yeah. You're eating out from behind. That is what is happening. Yeah. What's number three? Blanked it just now. Blanked it just now. Yeah, number three. Okay, so I, I don't have many pet peeves when it comes to sex scenes. I just need it to be realistic. Yeah. It has to be. If I'm if I'm reading something, I'm sat there going, mm, really? Yeah. I'm not sure about that. It just puts me off. It just, it, well, it doesn't right. put me off. It just kind of, it's just not realistic. And not not every woman is bendy. <laughs> and not yeah. every, every everybody can can lift somebody up against a wall. That's the right. sort of thing, you know? So a lot of a lot of characters are buff. Yeah. Super skinny. Yeah. And Put everybody else to shame. Yeah. There's a reason that this is a podcast and not a video. True say. True say. Nothing <laughs> <laughs> true say. God. I tried that once and no. Yeah. But I'm I'm good with that because I found myself a chubby chaser and same here to be fair. Right? Yeah. It's kind of neat. I was I was I was a bit bigger than I am now and I, to be I, to be fair, neither one of us are like grossly obese. No. But but we're Big ladies, I think yeah. that's fine, and we both found ladies who like that. So yes, a lot. Fucking yes, yeah. Back to sex. So I did when we set up Rambling Lesbians, a group, and we started talking about chapter one. Actually, quite a lot of people started talking about sex scenes, so yeah. they were way ahead of what we were talking about. Right, and there was a couple that was talking about nipple play. Yes. And talking about the, the fact that orgasm the based on nipple play only. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, women who can orgasm from their nipples being played, nothing else. If any woman out there can do that, I I kind of bow to you because I think that's freaking awesome. I would love to be able to do that. I can't. I cannot. No, but I do know someone that can. Really? I do. Wow. Okay. Yeah. yeah. That that kind of blows my mind a little bit. Yeah, I don't know how that person does that, but I also know that she has the ability to just have an orgasm through mental stimulation. Wow. So if you add in anything physical, it's just going to go to the next level. Wow. Yeah. Okay, so <laughs> I feel like I feel like she's like the elusive unicorn then. There are unicorn ladies out there who can Yeah, 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 yeah. orgasm. No, and I there. I have talked to people that can do that. Yeah. Um, and really, it's all mental. Orgasms are mostly mental. I can fully get that because yeah. really it is where your head is at, I suppose. Yeah. And I didn't know how much until I started watching TikTok. But there's a, there's a queer sex. Um, her name's Whitney. Um, she does TikTok and Instagram. But she's been very informative. Really? Yeah. Yeah, I've learned a lot on TikTok over the last couple of years. Probably more than like I should know. Like some things I'm like, why do I know this? <laughs> yeah, do I want to know this? <laughs> yeah, I get that. Maybe I need to check that out. Check her out on TikTok and see what oh, see what I can learn. She's lovely. Um, it's BDE moves. Okay. And like she does classes and everything. Wow. Yeah. And then she gets into kink. And I I have to admit that I'm like super vanilla on so many levels. Yeah, I would say I I am really. I know what I like. Yeah. I, I don't think I'd be scared to try something new. 
Definitely not. No, no. But I, it doesn't naturally come to me that. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm not into any sort of pain. I'm, I'm basically a huge crybaby. Yes. <laughs> so, so none of that. And I've had to tell Cad like, don't do that. That hurts. <laughs> but she has no like feeling in her hands, so she'll just like punch me in the face. <laughs> not in a sexual way. It's just like elbow my head, bicycle kick my spine. I mean, it's so I've learned through that that you know. Pain is not my friend. What I think I'd like to see a bit more in traffic romances especially is when it comes to sex it doesn't always have to be super i want to say super loving but i don't mean it that way i just mean it, sex can be sex it can be raw yeah. it can be powerful it can be just some people just want to fuck yeah you can love the person but yeah you just want to just want to ravish them that's it yeah and um, i think i'd like to see a bit more of that because i think that's a bit more honest sometimes you know okay well um melissa Terra's whatever private investigated privately investigated privately investigated hit just the other day and that has that component okay beginning. and yeah it was it was nice to see that it didn't have to there was there wasn't that we have to hit certain phases of yes. a relationship before we can go farther. It also wasn't insta-love. See, uh, I mean, that brings me nicely to, to my book that's out in February called Love and Other Wild Things. I think that's the first set of characters that I've written that as much as in the end it's a happily ever after, they're quite opposite and they're quite combative with each other and the sex is raw and it's it's just about that. Yeah, and even when they fall in love, they still kind of piss each other off. And, and... Was this modeled on my relationship in any way? Because <laughs> Catherine and I are so very, very different. Like, I'll turn on a sci-fi. She's like, that's stupid. I'm like, you're stupid. And I don't say it like that. I, I respect my wife and I don't call her names. Okay, I have said you're stupid. That's stupid. <laughs> I don't call her stupid. Please cut this out. <laughs> <laughs> I've also called her, you know, your lamp. But... Yeah, but that's just your dynamic with Kat, isn't it? Yeah, the constant. She's chat. just as bad with you. Oh, she's horrible. She's horrible. <laughs> yeah. I... But but that's another facet of a relationship, isn't it? Not everybody is this, everything is so settled. Everything, I mean, everything is so lovely all the time. Some people just are naturally quite... Well, our gig is trauma So it's... Yeah. We, yeah. We, trauma humor is our thing, but we both believe the foundation of a strong relationship is respect. Yes and trust yes and kindness absolutely so if you add that to the dynamic of our, our sniping yeah you understand that it's just yes nonsense absolutely. and but at the end of the day um as I, I think as long as you can laugh with your partner that's that's what it is and yeah whatever your humor is if that's what you guys find <laughs> funny together that's it isn't it so yes right back to sex sex, sex. i try to think of, of what what some of our group members were going on about i think some of it a lot of it was actually to do with make sure it's realistic yeah i'll see what this brings us nicely to oh, is oh oh, 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 oh i can remember the third one because it's a new thing that's Ooh, been coming okay. in and we talked about it the other okay, day go. it was the ability to stick your tongue inside yes and uh, massage the inner walls and hit the g-spot with your tongue i, I mean I don't even I don't even know where to begin with that. Right. Like nobody has a tongue that fucking long. I can touch the end of my nose. And I still cannot do that. Who so can? because Yeah, there's other body parts in, in, in place there. And you know what I wish I'd done now? I wish I'd Googled so I could get measurements of where the G spot is compared to where the I almost texted texted you last night and being like, Can you check this with your wife? I should <laughs> <laughs> can you do this <laughs> and like obviously live no. action report <laughs> yeah <laughs> i think my wife might have had an issue with that well i don't know because that's where like for some reason recently like the same with the wraparound and from behind i'm like I keep thinking I should text Allison and have her check with with Ange, <laughs> and I'm not at home picturing the two of you together. No, I think I think, I think she'd have an issue with that. So I think I'm going to, have to stick to googling and trying to get some scientific facts rather than live action reporting, which yeah. definitely would get me in trouble. And and on the other hand, had you like, if my wife were well and at home, and you sent me that text, I would be like, "Cat, come here," <laughs> and she'd be like, "What?" I'm like, "We got to figure this out." And she'd be like, this is no. <laughs> and I'd be like, just do it. And then it would, we'd get it figured out. And it wouldn't actually be fully sexual. It would just be like me trying to figure things out and her being like, can you get me some pasties? I don't, I don't know if I want to keep that noted or not for future reference. Yeah, just let it go. 
I think I'm going to have to let that one go. Please do. I think we'll go back to the fact that I don't think it's possible. Yeah. And I'd say in 95 to 90% of cases, no. No. What did I say? 95 to 99? Well, it's a small amount, isn't it? Let's be honest. And the other, actually, concerning tongue action is another one of um, a few have written about entering your partner with your tongue which can be done but then yeah. it feeling like it, it, the way it's described is almost like you're you're fucking them to orgasm with your tongue that way now yeah and it's gripping yeah and yeah you can feel but, but not the way it's described but surely people who can orgasm through penetration because that's what it would be yeah are you really getting penetrated enough by a tongue to be able to do that? To be able to come that way? Right. Or would it just be the sensation of the nerves around the opening? Well, you have to understand the full um, full anatomy of the clitoris. Yes. And it really depends on how close the tail of the clitoris yeah. is on the inside yes. of the vagina. Okay. So if the walls are thicker, you're not going to be able to hit it. Yeah. Um, it also depends on how engorged the clitoris is Yeah. for it to be pressing against the walls. So I'm pretty sure that my inner walls have, are made of wood. So <laughs> it's not like um, somebody's going to be able to hit from the inside. No. No. I, I I think we've probably got a bit of a similar anatomy there because I'm exactly the same. All right. Yeah. Penetration doesn't do much for me, to be fair. But I'll be honest. It, it's I, it's fun. Yeah. But i got to finish with Yeah, you're yeah, not going to finish that way. Yeah, I'm not going to finish that yeah. way. No. And that's why, cue the vibrator, that clit sucker vibrator that I yeah. sell. Yeah. Yeah. That is like an... A guaranteed instant orgasm. I hope you're okay, listeners, that you get to know us on quite a deep level right, right? now. We're, we're, we're giving you some info right now. <laughs> yeah, I wish I gave a fuck, but um, I have OCD and I, will, I would like call your well, house individually. Let's be honest, we, we, all, we all think this, we all go through this, we all right. have these, you know, and it's the one thing um, that kind of gets my goat a little bit is that I feel like we're trained that we're not supposed to talk about sex we're not talk- supposed to talk about vaginas and what feels good what doesn't right. what we can do what we can't do it's supposed to be like this hush 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 don't talk about it it's it but why why we all have sex well yeah. hopefully we do well, it- and the more we talk about it the more comfortable we are when it really matters when we need to go talk to a um a doctor yeah. or a partner yeah we need to be able to say these words. Absolutely. We need to be able to describe them and be able to say what you want. And also, yeah, and, and like, you know, if if you're in a relationship, whether it's new, old or whatever, and, and there's something that you want or there's something that you don't quite know if you'd like in the bedroom, be able to have the vocabulary and, and the and the confidence to be able to say to a friend, oh, this has happened, I don't quite yeah. like that. You know, be able to have that conversation so that you can live your full life where sex is concerned because right. sex is supposed to be fun. It's supposed to be good. Yes. yes. And if you could verbalize in the bedroom what you want, what you need, and your partner can do the same, then yeah, it's a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah. And then you can push the boundaries. So now you've mentioned um, your your sex toy yeah so we could talk about sex toys because that is a big part of um in in the sapphic book community yes not every author writes toys nope um i do yeah i've already at one point so i think it was right after my third book um i wrote in about um a strap-on yeah and i started to worry i thought am i going to start being predictable with writing about strap-ons but it's like but they are fun i have oddly never used one never had one um i think it's a generation thing um, because Catherine and I were older and it wasn't as talked about. It wasn't as widely focused on. Yeah. So, um, although <laughs> I did look at her about a year and a half ago and, and mentioned it and she's like, I don't like that. So, okay. And then I turned her and I went, but what if you were wearing it? And that changed the look on her face very quickly. I bet it did. Yes. Because my sweet little wife is, um, um, she a dog. Yeah. <laughs> A what? A power bottom. No, she's power top. Oh, okay. Yeah. And I don't like the boundary of you have to be a certain way or have a certain label yes. to be the one to wear it. Absolutely. Like it can go either way. Yeah. And I understand that there are tops and there are bottoms and they have serious um, preferences. Yes. But um, in general, because Alice and I are both what you would label a switch. Yeah. That's how we're going to discuss it. Yeah. Is, um, yeah, we, we're not going to shame anybody. We're not going to misalign Never. how we feel about it. Never. Um, so yeah, this is not 
this is just our discussion and not anything that anybody should take personally. No, not at all. If anything, if there is anybody out there who feels like they can't, uh, they can't strap up because they've been labelled by other people to be a certain way, but that's what they want to do. Hell, this is this is your time to know that you can do whatever the hell you want, no matter what label you have been given or give yourself a price. And don't let a partner shame you or degrade you no. because. They are stuck on a label. Yeah, absolutely. Um, if that is the case, then you have a bigger discussion to be had. You absolutely do. Absolutely do. The one thing, I, what I've I found since writing um, my books, and especially writing sex scenes, I'll take you back to the very first sex scene that I wrote. Okay. So this was A Dance Towards Forever. And I sat there for probably half an hour, bright red, completely embarrassed by my own writing as I wrote it. I didn't quite know I had it in me to write it, to be honest, because growing up, it wasn't a case we just didn't, we didn't speak about sex. We just didn't. But yeah. I had no way to be able to speak about lesbian sex because right. who the hell would I have spoken to, you know? Yeah. So I had no reference. So everything that I, I knew, I kept locked down and it came with that added, I should feel ashamed of thinking yeah. this way. So when I obviously, I'm an adult now, and I came to writing that sort of thing, it was a real mental barrier for me to be able to say, no, it's okay for me to write this. It's okay for me to feel feel this way or uh, and think this way. There's no shame. And that was a huge mental barrier. It was quite funny when I finished the scene and I got Ange to, to ask my wife to read it. We both sat there bright red. <laughs> <laughs> um, and she told me that I'd written the word pussy too much. <laughs> So, so I had to go back and I had to um, edit a few a few pussies out. And then by the time it came to the second book, I was like, okay, I'm 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 okay with this. And I let my I let my imagination go a bit wild with that one. Um, I enjoyed writing that one. And now when I write sex scenes, I don't give a shit what people think. No. So like so my first book, I was paranoid. I've I've told my family they're not allowed they are not allowed to read my books. I've told them some of their friends have read the books and then reported back to my parents that yeah. kind of went, oh, 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 I don't know. She was going to write that sort of thing. I did pre-warn everybody. Yeah. So if if they've gone out there and read it, that's on them. That's on that's, them. That was a choice. That was on them. But I still don't want my parents to read my books. No. For, for that particular reason, because I, I just don't want that thought in the back of my mind that I need to be worried about being embarrassed if they say something exactly yeah or, nobody you know, needs that no nobody needs that so now when I write sex scenes I try come up, I try and get imaginative with it I like putting toys in mind but I want to be realistic yeah and sometimes it is really easy to sit there and think of a scenario think oh, I'll just write that but you have to sit back and go hang on let's let's see if that is actually real right I know I know that there are authors that do scenes with multiple people that get the little art models and actually format them out with the models to make sure that they are... Which I think is a really good idea. They make sure that the arms and the legs can do that. Yeah. And the heads can do that and any other part necessary. Which I think is a really good idea because, I mean, when you're... Like I said, when, when I'm writing, I have to stop and think. You have to stop and you kind of have to play it through in your mind. A, would it work? And B, is it sexy if it does work? Right. Because you don't want to write something and people are going, oh. Right. <laughs> yeah, that whole nose and the asshole thing, you, you don't want to describe that. I mean, it's not bad at the time. but so it, You're not really thinking about it, are you? I'm no, close. not at all. Like, I'm not. I know that some people do think about that. Yeah. And they do worry. Mm, interesting. Interesting. Yeah. You just have to get comfortable with your body and your boundaries. And some people cannot. That's true. That is true. Yeah. But we have loving French chubby chasing Wives. Wives that are like, no, I love that. <laughs> and you're like, what? <laughs> I'm not going to, I'm not going to confirm or deny anything right? that my wife likes. Because I know. I'm on, I'm on strict. Yeah. Strict. Well, and I'll feel that. And when I first met Catherine, I, I had grown up in the West of the United States. And when a woman is angry in the United States, there's in most, in most cases, they're like, no sex. And my wife's like, I'm angry. We're having sex. And I'm like, what? That works out really well for you then. Right. I'm like, angry sex? She's like, yes. That is, it's just, it's just brought to mind something that I, um, shower sex. Oh, yes. Now, whether this is in books or in real life, whatever, I don't, I don't get the hype about it at all. No, it's very uncomfortable. Unless you've got a massive shower. With chairs. With chairs or with, with handles everywhere. I just, you just end up feeling like you're drowning. 
Yeah. And I don't... Or I, you're cold. Or you're cold, yes. Or natural lubrication gets washed away. Or that. None of this gets put in... No. In TV shows or books or anything. Shower sex is always super, super sexy. Yeah. She slams her, um, her girlfriend up against the cold tile walls. I would not like that. No, no, no. I no. don't want to be cold. <laughs> <laughs> that would really piss me off. I guess. <laughs> and to be pushed. Yeah. Why are you, why are you pushing me? Yes. And then I'd worry about if I was slipping. Yes. Nobody needs an accident and end up in the ER and have to explain it. So whether that's just me and you, Chris, I don't know, but shower sex in books, on TV, in real life, I does not float my boat. I don't really It care. doesn't mean that I won't do it or have, yeah, I will. I won't because I don't like sharing my showers. Um, Catherine and I haven't had a shower for years together but I, do, I don't I like, like it yeah i'm i i'm very particular i like my my we're going to talk about showers now but it's yeah. fine i like my water super boiling hot yeah and um, Ange does not yeah and then when i'm sharing a shower i always have to move out of the water to let to let her and then i get cold yeah. and that piece of spread showers are tiny yes yeah the last time catherine and i shared showers was because we had a shower for two with two heads yep. and two seats. So, I mean, that made the world a difference. See, that might be something that I need to think of if if we, if we ever move and we look at bathrooms, I'm going to have to say we have to have a massive shower to shower. Yeah. And then we can shower together and that's fine. But that's not, that doesn't mean I'm getting on my knees in a cold tile. No. Or even a warm tile. No. I'm not getting on my knees. No. No. Well, I think we've, we've certainly put to bed the idea of shout being, yeah. being decent. But that doesn't mean I don't want to read about it. I will. Yes, but once you know it what, is, though, I read, I read about it, but then instantly my brain is going, mm, <laughs> but she is cold. Can you actually the reality of it just hits me in the head? I think because I've thought about it so much. I've yeah. had this discussion with, with my wife a lot about showers. Yeah. And we, we've yet to find a shower that is. Well, and then on all the tables. I'm on the table. Just have a shit bag. <laughs> yeah. Feel, I feel like I'm a 90 year old talking about sex. Like, oh, but my back. Oh, but my knees. But you know what? Fucking true. Right? I remember being younger and getting like carpet burn. Yeah. You I'm, not, and I'm not carpet burn material anymore. No. Like, it's got to be in the bed. It's got to be soft. We have to have all the covers unless it's warm outside. Yeah, but you know, I write I write spontane, spontaneous um, sex scenes. So the the Christmas um, book I'm writing right now, I've just written a quite a they spontaneously have sex. Yeah, and I've written that it's been on the floor, on the couch, in the in the. But they're younger. Well, no, they're in the thirties. I'm in my thirties, but I still really I am. What's that supposed to mean? <laughs> I don't see faces. I'm 37. I don't see faces. If you're going well. to say that I was in my 40s, we're going to fall out. I didn't say that either. <laughs> no, I don't know so, why I said that. <laughs> so I've written this spontaneous sex scene, and they've done it on the floor and all that. I would not do that unless I pre-gamed and got mattresses on the floor or something super squashy. So right, but the diff- it's a it's a different. It's my imagination going wild when I'm writing. But in reality, I'm super boring. Now we're in an age-gap relationship. Oh, we are. <gasps> I'm 54. So... 14. 14. I No math. <laughs> <laughs> 17. <laughs> it is. I'm in a real-life age-gap relationship. Um, Catherine is 10 years older than I am. And she used to say shit things like, well, I look younger and Crystal looks older, so we match. <laughs> <laughs> like, such a flower <laughs> you're so romantic <laughs> and is six and a half years older than me i was in a relationship that was um 12 years apart once upon a time in my nightmares <laughs> um but no six and a half years and i don't really see much of a, a difference between us to be honest no. at all no it, it really comes down to personality yes although i don't know that i would at my age get involved with someone older unless i just absolutely found fell in love again yeah. um if something happened to catherine yeah so yeah because what the books don't say is the reality of having to take care of a partner when they are ill and that is not an hf thing that is a life thing a life thing there is i think um i'm just trying to think of the age gap books i've read um they will often touch on the subject of what happens when one gets older, but it's not in detail. It's not in at detail all. because that that so breaks the fantasy. You cannot go there and and throw romance. No. And even the books that touch on someone losing someone uh, previously can be very hard for for anybody that's a caretaker. Yeah, 
Yeah, absolutely. So interesting. Okay, so I think we've um, recorded loads of things to do with sex. I'm sure we've missed a lot of a lot of peeves that our readers would would think about. But if that's the case, that's fine. Just let us know. Yeah, comment. We will complain about any of it. Absolutely. Comment on the um, Rambling Lesbians group and the next time we record we'll make sure we mention your pet peeves and what we missed or or whatever. So it's not the end of the discussion. It never will be because sex. It's sex, yeah. We will always talk about that. Yeah. Always. And I also need to do a a fan shout out um, to Rose from a different podcast fan group i just okay. do that and then we're going to shout out to sally because it's fucking sally yeah so hi sally yeah we'll shout out to you again did you see the comment she said about when she she listened she said she was glad that she wasn't drinking her coffee because she just spat it everywhere <laughs> that's okay sally morgan we will get you spinning um right that's what she so, said that's what she, that's what she said do you know what we've not had this month we've not what? had a rage quit none not one it's because we haven't been active enough to upset people i mean we haven't maybe we had some quitters when i posted our screen Rage quitting. No, no rage quitting. Anyway. We'll get them. Yeah, trained. moving on. So what's what's the next part of our show? The next part of our show is I'm going to interview you about your writing process and um, your upcoming book called Love and Other Wild Things. Yes. I've actually got two, but we'll talk about the second one after this. So Love and Other Wild Things, that is out February 15th. Okay, so Allison was kind enough to type up 10 questions, and I'm going to try and stay on track by asking her those questions. Place bets on whether or not I could do that. I'm, I'm saying no. Anyway, so question number one, what inspired Love and Other Wild Things? It was actually the movie with Channing Tatum and Sandra Bullock. And for the life of me, I cannot remember the title now. It's where they're in the jungle. Um, oh, so she is an author. Yeah. And he is the cover model of her books and they end up um, in the jungle. It's a comedy. And I sat there watching that with Ange and straight away I thought this could you could write something like this. Yeah. And then I started to develop it thinking maybe if it was more a bit Bear Grylls type thing. So um, it's, it's supposed to be a survival show, but something goes wrong. Um, and it literally, with about five, ten minutes of me watching this film, it just... It just developed. Love that. Completely. Okay, what does love and other wild things mean to you personally? Personally, it like I said earlier, it was the first set of characters that I wrote who, instead of being an insta-love, they, they really were quite combative to each other. And even when they started to fall in love, there was still that tension. Yeah. Still, they pissed each other off. And even, even when they really get together, it's still... Yeah, it's not just all oh, lovely. I love you so much. It, it's I felt it was a bit combative, was a bit a bit strong. Well, yeah, because you have to be very careful that you don't make your main character unlikable. No, it's not combative. They they're just opposites. They're yeah. opposites who have had different life experiences completely. So one of the main characters, Ellie, she is a Hollywood diva. Mm-hmm. The second, Robin, is an ex um, UK Navy Marine. <laughs> she is the one that is supposed to be the survival expert. Um, Ellie comes from LA, uh, comes from New York. Sorry, likes frappy la- lattes. Does not do it. Ask for a latte in French, or you just get a cup of hot water. It's true. You just have okay. to ask for coffee. Yeah. Um. So that's the point. There, they're completely different. And but that's what makes I think their their relationship work. Yeah. Because they pull different things out of each other. So I think it was just a new writing experience for me, writing something different. That's what it meant to me. All right. Where you already explained the way that one. Where did the main characters come from? Are they inspired by people you know? Not that I know, no. Um, I took the idea for the book from the film, but when it came to the characters, I kind of, for Robin, I kind of wanted a cross between Lara Croft. Yeah. And there is somebody else, not just Lara Croft now, I can't remember who. All right, so the question is... Like G.I. Jane kind of thing. Yeah. Okay, Lara Croft, uh, Angelina Jolie Lara Croft, or... Uh, no, I'd say the newer Lara, Lara Croft. Okay. But it was more a bit of a G.I. Jane feel as well. Mm-hmm. And as far as um, Ellie's character was concerned i just kind of pictured somebody blonde somebody quite beautiful because she lived yeah. in a hollywood lifestyle but somebody who has got a bit of grit behind her and has, has got the attitude behind her but she can't quite manifest it yet because yeah. when you read the book ellie has some issues with her family who yeah. are quite domineering over her in her life and her career and they've pushed her confidence down to be able to stand up for herself and that's where 
when the, she's talking. Yay! They start to pull each other's confidence out yeah. of each other, and and so yeah. I mean, and that's that's part of a really great formula for for a book is your love interests bring out the better in, in each other. Yeah, and I always like I always like to try and put in my books character development, but not the character doesn't develop just because of somebody else. Right? They they, they have see that, something yeah. in themselves that the, the other character helps nurture, but they're the ones who start to realize that they can change and be who they want to be. And I think out of both characters, Ellie is the one who has real great character development she's the one that turns herself around quite a lot i think that's fun picture this you feel uninspired and you've sat at the computer for an hour without conquering any words how do you get your creative flowing creativity flowing that's pretty much me every single day because i sit and procrastinate and go through facebook and that's just how my brain works but a lot of the time i'll get up have a bit of a walk around go see the dogs or whatever but if it's really not happening i usually have um, another book on the go so i'll usually change track completely yeah um and some authors can do that and some just cannot yeah it's they have to stay in that so i i usually start a couple of books and then I'll get to a certain point in one book where I know, okay, now I've got to just completely focus on that to finish that. Yeah. But I always have the other one just in the background in case my brain goes, you know. Yeah. Which it often does. <laughs> no. Just, yes, I'm a very big, um, my brain says no, and I'm just done. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I, I, I say tomorrow is another day, unless I'm on a deadline, and then I will stay up all night long. <laughs> <laughs> See, I, I usually write in my office, uh, but sometimes the problem with my office is that um, that's when I'm flicking through to other things. That, then I'm doing 10 other things while I'm trying to work. So yeah. if I'm really struggling, I'll shut all this down, go downstairs with my with my pad, sit and write in front of the fire, in front of the telly, yeah. background music and just go from there. Yeah. When I work, I put in my earbuds and I play 8D music. Yeah. And that settles the back half of my brain and lets me focus. Um, so music, to be fair, music's a really good one for me as well. If if there's something I really, if there's a chapter I really need to get into and I'm struggling, I have a playlist um, which is um, it's all just very mellow music. So I have a number of things that I do. Sometimes do you ever I just like knock out a big O and go back to work. No. Oh, that's just me then. Okay, it's just you. Anyway. <laughs> what has influenced you the most as a writer? More inspired by the people who support me yes. than any other writer, I would say. Yeah. Um, when I can I can have a chat with my wife and say, I've come up with this idea, what do you think? She's she either go, mm, no, nah, not really feeling that, or she'll go, Yeah, that could be quite fun. Mm-hmm. And we have a we have a session where we're spitballing ideas and I'm coming up with things. That inspires me. Yeah. Not me sitting reading other other authors' work. No. I love reading, but that's my escape. I yes. don't want to start thinking about writing when I'm reading. Right. That makes sense. No, it makes total sense because I have to actively turn off my editing and proofreading as best I can. There's a level of which I cannot. Yeah. Um, I'm going to see the errors no matter what. Yeah. It's whether or not I'm going to let myself bounce out of that escape yeah. during, during my reading session. Yes. And there are some authors that uh, when they release a book, I am in so much trouble work-wise because I will just sit down and read the whole thing and I can't do anything else until it's done. But see, that's that's the same with me. Um, if a book grabs me, shit, that's it. I'm reading that book. Even yeah. if I'm supposed to be writing, no, I'm reading that book. Right. But that's my escape and that's what I enjoy. Yeah. When, when life's getting a bit stressy or I'm a bit worried about my writing or whatever, it's reading that I turn to. Yeah. Well, and it's helped me that I'm more involved work-wise into the, into the lesbian books because I can look forward to still being able to meet that, that lesbian level yeah. and still be able to work. Yeah. Currently, I am proofreading a romance cop situation that takes place in Montana, okay. in the United States. And that is so, so far um, from what my preference in reading is. Okay. And, um, but it's also where I grew up. So that's the interesting peak there. Yeah. So. I know that area and see, it's see, interesting now, that way. Now you said that, that's probably what the one thing that does inspire me writing is reading different tropes that I I don't usually write. Mm-hmm. So I read, and this is a, a shout out, um, a book called Pirates of Aletheia. Mm-hmm. And it's fucking epic. It is fantastic. And then, so that for me was like, ooh, I want to write about pirates. <laughs> you know, but it just gets me thinking about, things that are outside my comfort zone and yeah. if I could do it, that's that could inspire me. But yeah, how you and I find books is very different. 
because I just go to the romance list and start yanking. And I read almost strictly romance. As long as it hits that romance list, I take it that way because I know that it's going to have more of a romantic bent. Yes. See, I'm... I'm pretty much open with, I like to read everything. Um, I, I quite enjoy um, Detective. Um, mm-hmm. I don't think I could ever write it, to be honest. I think I struggle to write it, but I really enjoy reading it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, on all the groups I'm a part of on Facebook, there's always somebody recommending something that I'll go, yeah. oh, let's give that a go. So yeah. I always give it a go. Right. I don't, I don't necessarily stick to it has to be just romance because I quite like the the side plots of it. Yeah, if it hits the romance list and it's not strictly a romance, yeah. it's a um a fantasy or yeah. a space yeah. pirate. I I love those yeah. and I will I will still read them. And what I love is when one hits the romance list, yeah. but none of the rest of them have. Yeah. So I get to go and start from the beginning and yes. just go through like whatever the, the that's that's one, that's one of my um, fun spots yeah. is if I find a book and then I know these books before it, I'm like, oh, yes, I like to binge. Because every month I put on um, my Facebook, I put in groups, all the books I've read. Yes. And you would always see that I've read the entire series. <laughs> or even if there's like 22 books, I'm like, I have to read the entire series. Yep. Um. So, yeah. Yeah. I was involved with a group, um, a publishing group um, in the very beginning of, of my journey. And it was, he was dropping books every three weeks on his own. And then he started co-writing. And I think I read nothing but his work yeah. with co-writers and the co-writer stuff for two years straight. Yeah. And then I went, I need gay stuff. Yeah. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Which, which question were we on? I have no idea. Oh, what is your most unusual writing quirk? Writing quirk. I don't know if it's a quirk or not, but when I write, I write separate chapters and then I'll only put it into a full book when I finished. I I don't just have one document open and write the entire book in one document. I have to do it separate chapters. Um, And I think it's maybe from a security point of view, because I always think if somebody ever stole my work and said, this manuscript (laughs) is mine, I could say, but I have all the individual chapters that predate that. So go fuck yourself. Well, that works. Planter, planter, plotter. Both, both. So whenever I start a book, planter completely. Yeah. I just go for it. And then I get to a point and go, hmm, what happened? What the fuck happens now? <laughs> so that's what, a bit. I, plot, I see some notes. Yeah, I plot a little bit, but they're literally like, see, they're bullet points. Yeah. And then, so Annie will come and she'll look at these and then she'll read the book and she'll go, that's why not, did you have the list? That, that's not what you put on there. I'm like, I know, but I was writing. It just went somewhere. So I, so I followed it. So I'm completely both. That's awesome. Because it, it works. It works for you. Yeah. Behind the scenes tidbit in your life would probably surprise your readers the most. Oh, Christ. After all we've talked about, after, after, I'm not really that, sure. That is that anything that would surprise readers? Um, um, I'm, I honestly don't know. Um I live in the countryside. I live a very chill kind of life. I'm I'm quite an introvert that Andrew say I'm an extrovert, but it takes a lot out of me. Yeah. Um and I'm fun loving. I laugh at my jokes all the time. I find myself hilarious. I find her hilarious too. We're we're matched very well on that. Um but really I there's I don't think there's I don't think there's anything that would surprise anyone. No. To be honest. I'm not that exciting. <laughs> okay. There we go. So the behind the scenes tidbit is nothing. There, there is no behind the scenes. It is literally me on a daily basis sitting in front of my computer, trying to write, then going to Facebook, then going on to Amazon KDP, see if I'm making any money because that's quite nice. Um, <laughs> chatting with Crystal, chatting with um, Kellen, chatting with Mona. Um, I talked to Angie at lunchtime. Yeah. She comes home. That's it. There is, it is what it is. Yeah. All right. What is the funniest typo you've ever written? Um, I could. I, I do not remember. However, I do know I have done it. Why the fuck did you write these questions? Because <laughs> because they're standard. They're standard. Yeah, they're really they, they're standard yeah. from what I asked Kevin. Actually, I didn't want okay. to. I didn't want to make them specifically for me because <laughs> then it more work. Um, but typo. The thing is, though, when you're writing. Well, when I'm writing, I write I write really fast and then go back over and read what I've written. Most of the time, yeah. it just doesn't make sense right. <laughs> at all. So I'm like, oh, all right then. Well, and I tell my authors, I'm like, get it out. Yeah. Get it out. Do not edit yourself. Get it out and then go back and look yes. at it. Don't overthink it. Don't try and make it perfect. Yeah. Just make it work 
and then we can go from there. I think once I randomly, uh, the, I don't know what the word I was looking for, but it came out as boob. And oh. it was so out of context that you read it. Like, <laughs> <laughs> so, but I've, I've written some, I've written some funny things, but with me, um, my memory is so shocking. ADHD for the win. Yay. I, I just honestly don't remember. Yeah. I think one of the, the things about ADHD that people on the grand scheme do not realize is how it affects a person's memory. Yeah. So I'd just like to clarify, readers, that I'm an undiagnosed ADHD. Um, it was after chatting to a, a friend of mine and that I was able to almost put a label to, to my behaviors that I didn't realize needed a label, but they kind of fit. Uh, and one of the things is memory. Yeah. Uh, my memory is so shocking. And that's that even after I'm, if I've written a chapter yesterday, I come to write the next one, I sit there and go, what, did I what the fuck did I write yesterday? Yeah. And I have to go back and figure out, make sure I'm not writing utter crap. That yeah. doesn't make sense. Well, and you don't. Um, just saying. Yeah. Um, I am fully diagnosed with OCD. There. And well, Joe, I went to the, I went to the doctor, like I told you, I would mm-hmm. and, and told Helen I would. And the problem is because we live in France and the doctor was quite honest with me and said it would be far too complicated for a French doctor to f- formally diagnose me yeah. because the um, the diagnosis requires a lot of talking, a yes. lot of explaining um, in detail. And right. I'm just not capable of doing that. So, Well, the, frankly, not, neither are they. No. So... I will wait till I'm in England to pursue that. Yeah. I think. I mean, as long as you have a guideline for knowing how you work and be able to adapt, because that's really the key. That, that's the good thing. When I was talking to Angie about it, um, talking to Angie about getting diagnosed formally, um, she was, she said, yeah, but we know your behaviours. We know how to adapt to you. Yeah. I know what to do when you're in a particular mood or or acting a particular way. And right. I kind of sat there and thought, yeah, yeah, actually. The only thing I would like help with is, a, is the anxiety that comes with ADHD. Right. I'd really like help with that because that's a bullshit thing to deal with. And a lot of that can be dealt with through um, cognitive behavior therapy. It's true, yeah. So fucking get over it. Yeah. Okay, Jesus. next. <laughs> <laughs> and now we know why I'm not a therapist. <laughs> or a doctor. Oh, does that hurt? Fuck you. <laughs> what does being a successful author look like to you? If you'd have asked me that question when I first started writing, I would say um, it meant that I had to be number one um, on romance. I had to, my name had to be everywhere. Um, that changed rapidly after writing my first book um, because I've learned so much over this past year. I've literally been a year of, yeah. me, of me writing. Yeah. Um, and... I know that I get my successes from finishing a book yeah. and being happy with that, publishing it and knowing that it's been re- received well. It doesn't have to be fucking topping the charts, but right. knowing when I'm getting messages from from readers saying how much they enjoyed it, you know, wow, awesome. Yeah. And for me, just still still having this as my passion, writing is my passion. Um, and I, I would be really sad if one day it got to a point where it was all work and it was all... Um, a drudgery a drudgery and about the money and making you no know, yeah. uh, writing like reading is my outlet it's what calms me it, it's what centers me um so knowing i can still do that and knowing that i can do it pretty much full time now that's my success and that's what i will keep on right and we we discussed earlier today before the podcast about the visual perception of of allison's career from her being at the midst of it and trying to get to a certain level where it carries its own better. And from my point of view as a a reader and spending so much time watching people move through the ranks and come into the industry, I think that she's farther ahead than she believes. And she went, shut the fuck up. And so that was about the end of that conversation. But believe me when I say that Alice is a very good author and um, she's, she's going to make it fine and she's having a panic attack. And, Whatever. And, and now we've said that because Crystal said that it's true. So, right. That's law. Yeah. Um, I I believe that I'm more more powerful in this industry than I than I am. But maybe you're not. Maybe you are powerful. Maybe you're not seeing your true potential on this. That's true. And I do have an OCD thing going on right now where I'm going to change some things in the in the industry for for authors and books. Which I'm excited about. Very excited about. I just don't have the time to do it. Well, I'll help with anything. You know. Well, yeah. Um, it's just brain space right now. Yeah. Once I I really get get it started and I can 
can I start? Right can I start using it before you put it? Why do you want me to wait? You you can use it. Yeah, that would be great. Okay, I'll actually have you um make a yeah. a better chart than I made. Okay. Anyway, okay. Um, how do you think being a writer has helped you as a person? Oh, it's changed my life completely. I know that sounds really dramatic, but it's not. Um. I went through life going from job to job that I kind of fucking hated every five minutes and never knowing why I couldn't settle. And I think obviously that's part of this ADHD thing that until I found writing. Right. And it, it, it literally, I started writing as a bit of a, oh, I'll give it a go kind of thing. And it was only when I really committed to it and started to learn about self-publishing because it, that's part of it. It's not just yes. the writing. There's it's, a huge aspect to it's that. It's the being the independent, and I. That's what I need. I need independence. I need yes. to do it by myself, whether I fuck it up or not. I need to do it by myself, and that's what I've been searching for forever. Because I hate working for people. I don't want a boss. People suck. People suck. Bosses suck. I wanted to be my boss. I can yeah, suck. I'm you know. Yeah. And I. But I'm. I want the privacy of my own home. <laughs> that sounded interesting. Yeah. Um. But. I'm my worst critic sometimes, um, but, but but that's the brilliant part of being independent. Well, it's kind of like meeting your soulmate. It's just, you find the thing that calms you to have to do it. Yes. Instead of giving you anxiety and make you worry about what you're doing, it, it calms you like yeah. your soulmate. Absolutely. What? Absolutely. Um, and that's what writing is for me. It's changed everything. I have something to focus on, something that I love, something that I can do every day. The success or failure is on my shoulders, which is how I like it. Mm -hmm. um, and that, so it's changed, changed my life completely. Perfect. Completely. Now tell us about the other book. Okay. So the second book, um, I put out a post um, the other day, which was my cover reveal. Um, and it's called Broken Parts Included. And the cover was received really, really well. Um, and in the post, I said that this was a real cathartic book for me. Um, I said I'd explain that. So I don't want to give too much away, but it's it's... This book is extremely personal to me. You know about my medical history where yeah. with um, my reproductive system. Um, basically, I've had a year of pretty much misery going to, to doctors, to gynecologists, trying to um, get help for my hormone levels, for my moods, for bleeding, all that sort of yeah. thing. And it has been horrendous. From my first doctor mansplaining my oh. period to me, telling me that, oh, and it, these were his words, but he said it in French. Oh, but... Every woman cries every now with their period. <laughs> That's after I'd explained to him that I was feeling so low. Yeah. Um, I was in a very dark place, but... Yeah, and um, there's nothing better than explaining pain to someone and having them brush it off. Completely. So I eventually ended up uh, finding another um, gynecologist and I've been put on meds and changed and it's it's just been a nightmare and i needed to write about it i needed to to get it out of my system and that's what broken parts included is mm -hmm. um the character gets a, a happy ending a different from mine i've mirrored some of the um the medical side but i have changed it so when you read it that is not me that is not my yeah. medical diagnosis just just to point that out i wanted to, i wanted to cover something that i think a lot of women go through but is never spoken about and that is how we are treated when it comes to our reproductive system when it comes to our hormones and our emotions um how we're dismissed and yeah. and, and told that we kind of need to just get on get on with it it's fine my latest um gynecologist put me on a new pill and that's where I, I got side effects um, went back, told her I got side effects and that I was having chest pains. And um, I kid you not, she laughed at me. Yeah. Um, I'm thankful that I had my wife in the room with me um, to witness what and happened. And snap back. Yeah. And um, she just put me on another pill, didn't didn't ask for a blood work, didn't ask for to listen to my chest, nothing. Yeah. And in actual fact, this is that's when this problem with my lungs started. Um, so which is why I had a blood test eventually last week and they thought I'd had a pulmonary embolism from the change of pill that I was put on. And to me, that just outlined it completely. Right, exactly. Oh, this, cause and effect. Yeah, because what was this woman thinking? Just not... Well, and then you went to your doctor and the doctor's like, it's this pill. It has the side effect. As soon as, as soon as I went to the hospital, yeah. I, I explained that change pill. All they went, right, yeah, okay, so we need to have a yeah. And I was like, I went to this woman and told her... And she laughed at me. 
and made me yeah. feel foolish for thinking that I'd had side effects to this particular pill. So so because that's been going on for so long, that's where this book came from. And it just it just helped me get it out of my, my mind a little bit. And I just needed to write the indignation of it and the, the humiliation that you can feel when you're going to a, a medical professional who you're supposed to trust. Right. And they just they just fail massively. Well, it's like I took Catherine to I sent her to the hospital in the ambulance. They kept her overnight. They put her on IV fluids. They put her on something that would stop the diarrhea. And then yeah. they sent her home. Yeah. And it was like, no, you you can't just send her home. Yeah, absolutely. Like, what are you doing? And they're like, well, if it gets worse, come back. Yeah. Well, it, it never stopped. There wasn't anything worse. So I just took her to a different hospital. And that's the thing. It, that's, what it, that's what it feels like. It still feels like is that we're constantly fighting to try and just just get heard and, and be taken seriously and well and you've helped you actually have to until the whole industry changes you have to be your own advocate and if you get a doctor that tells you crap then fuck them walk yeah. away keep going until you find one and it's hard it takes time and it takes energy and it's demeaning and it costs money and it's that's up, that's but it's the only way you'll get that's that's it and and that's where that's that's where this book came from um so Lydia the main character um goes through a lot of what, what I went through there's romance in there there is lightness in there I don't want anybody to think that this is going to be a book of oh my god this well, is... are there strap ons yes there is there's okay. strap ons in there see strap ons in there um it uh, clip sucker vibe yes that features very heavily it, oh it's a and... sea star. It's, uh, it's named C Star. C Star Vibe. Yeah. Com. I did. Yeah. So um, that's my idea. I need to put that at the back of the book. You need a, a code for yes. people to get a discount. Yeah. I need a code. Well, you gave you one. You gave me one. Did I give you one already? Yes. So okay. It was on just root, I think. Maybe. Yeah. Well, we'll sort that out. Okay. Um, so, yeah, this book uh, means a lot to me. It's very personal. Um, it does have a happy ending. It has fun in it. Um, it has personal growth in it because. I think that's really important. The formula for a good book is the... Yeah, I I hope that you like it. Um, And be gentle with me because it is is one of the more personal ones that means more to me, I think. And that's out on the 5th of March, Broken Parts included. And what is... the other one coming out so 15th of um, february and that's loving of the wild things and what is this podcast come out this comes out at the beginning of february nice um, wow one of the things one of the thing that broke parts include does have is it does touch on body dysmorphia so if there's anybody with triggers then just know that's what it's about but i thought it was important to put that in because once again when i read books everybody's thin everybody loves themselves everybody's gorgeous and i am not those things and i want to be represented in my books right i am bigger I don't look at my myself and go, oh, you're so pop. Well, and there is a really nice trend on on books these days where characters, the main characters, are you know normal people. They they have you know regular bodies and they have actual personalities. It's yeah. just not you know falling to bed and fuck. But I love those books too. Yeah. I need a nice balance. I mean, don't get me wrong. I like reading is a is a fantasy, isn't it? It, is, it isn't real life. So it is nice to read about women who who are thin and lovely and you can kind of picture yourself being that being that way. And it's a lovely fantasy, but it's not true. Um, and I, I want to be able to read about somebody who is bigger or yeah. who has who hasn't got perfect soft skin, you know. <laughs> Well, that's not me. I have perfect soft skin. I don't. I'm sorry. But, but that's part of, that's been part yeah. of my hormones and all that sort of thing, you know. Um, oh, on my face? No, yeah. I've got pimples and probably um, a bit of a um, mustache and but definitely a beard. But, you know, so so that's why that's why I wrote Broken Parts Included. Um, I needed it to get out of my mind yeah. a little bit. So I'm all right. So excited. Cool. Um, are we going to talk about sex anymore? Is there anything you want to talk about? Sex? No, I think that we covered the the main pet peeves. I think so, but but I'll reiterate what I said earlier. If there's anything we've missed out that you're pissed off that we've missed out, well, just comment and tell us yeah, and get a hold of us, and we will make sure that in the next episode we'll have a chat about. Right? It. It's not like we have real lives. No, no. Is it? Have you got any books that you want to recommend this? This I know I wrote some things down. But I would have to get out my notes and figure that out. Okay. Can I do two then? Yes, please. Okay. So the first one is one that I've got for Christmas and it's called Pride, Prejudice and the City. Um, it's young adult, I would say. There's no graphic sex in it, but it's a really lovely story and it's got a bit of time travel in it. Uh, one character goes from modern day back to the 1800s oh. and it's just beautifully written uh, by Rachel uh, Lippincott. 
Um, she's like a New York, New York best time seller or whatever. Lovely, lovely book. So I recommend that. The second one is the pirate one that I said, which is Pirates of um, Aletheria. Fantastic, fantastic book. It's got adventure. It's got sex. It's got um, angst. It's, she's written it so well. You can feel the tension between the characters. Um, the second book is out in February. I can't wait. I will be pre-ordering that as soon as it comes out. And I'll put the links to both of those books on the group. So if you want to check them out, you can do. But they're my two books. This oh, well, I do need to throw out that Claire Hayton Stevenson has one coming out in February. And we'll throw that in the links too. Um, that one looks fun. I am starting to edit on it. Yeah. So I can't tell you more than that. Then we should also say that Kellen McKnight has got one coming out in March, but we haven't got a confirmed date yet. And that'll be book two for her. And we're really excited. It is. But it's the first book in um, a series. Ooh. So this is going to be different. Um, as soon as we have more and Kellen gives me permission to talk about it more, I will do. But look, Keep an ear out for that because that will be out in March at some point. Right. And if you're a new author and you want to harass us, please do. Yeah, I'm I'm happy to have new authors um, have interviews because I'd really like to be able to push um, new authors out there into the reader reading land to be, to be discovered. Yeah. Yeah, just messages. How old of us? Anybody can talk to us about anything and we will chat. And by anything, really anything. I'll talk to yeah. people about anything. Um, oh, we didn't have a rage quit. But you did have, we did have that lady who um, came on and got all gospel-y on us. Oh, we did. We did. We had to ban her. Yes. Did she leave? She did. I said, please don't post stuff like this. I'm going to leave it up because it obviously means something to you. And uh, I went and deleted it. And then <laughs> Allison said no. And But it, it said, please don't put any more. So she put another one and like took off. So basically it was um, to do with garden homosexuals and, and trans and trans and whatnot. Um, we're pretty liberal um, with what people put on the group. But religion and politics but religion and politics off the table. Off the table completely. And we will just take the post down. And if you're ever a repeat offender, you'll get banned. Yep. Simple, really. We will rage throw you out the door. Yes, we can rage throw. You won't rage quit, we'll rage throw. Yeah. Um, right. That's it for us today. I think that is it for us today. Um I've no idea when we will record after this. You might get another one in February. You might not. Who knows? We don't know. But that's Our okay. lives are a mess. <laughs> it is. Our lives are a mess. We I can't believe we're doing this right today. <laughs> but we are well. I know. I rolled out of bed. And, like, had fun? I've had a blast. I've had a blast. So Anytime with you is a blast. Absolutely. Boom. Boom. All right, then, everybody. Have a beautiful life until the next time that we get in front of the mics and ramble on about whatever. We can bitch about um, what we didn't get to do for Valentine's Day on the next one. Yeah, that'd be cool. <laughs> how much Valentine's, Valentine's Day sucks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, there you go. We've just planned for the next one. So, <laughs> ta -da. All right, then, guys. Take it take easy. Care. Bye. Bye.